In a world where a man loves movies and loves lists and keeps a list of his 100 favorite movies for over 30 years, what if he made his wife watch those movies in order? And what if he made her talk about it on a podcast? Would she like them? Would she hate them? Can this marriage possibly survive this podcast? Find out what will happen in a world called Craig's List. Uh, excuse me, but are you Carla Kakowski? I am. From the podcast Craig's List? I believe so. And Improv Yak, of course? Of course. I'm a big fan of your work. My name's Bruno. Bruno, uh, nice to meet you. Thank you for um, coming up to me uh, in the middle of this train. <laughs> yes, that's right. We're on a train and we don't know each other. I do a podcast myself with my mother it's about a... art. Oh, art. Yes. Is it creepy? Because you seem a little creepy. Well, you're exactly the Carla I thought you'd be. Forthright <laughs> and on the nose. Look, I don't want to do my podcast with my mother anymore. I'm sick of talking about art. You clearly don't want to do your podcast with your <laughs> husband anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so I think you have an idea of what I'm hinting at. That we quit our respective podcasts and do a podcast together? Really? <laughs> Carla and Carla and Bruno? What what would we talk about? Creepy people. Sure. <laughs> How to be a creep 101. All right. I'll contact Earwolf. I have an N over there. <laughs> How to be a creep 101 That's with Carla and I've been and trying Bruno. to get a hold of Earwolf for years. Oh, this is so much better because I was going to say I was going to murder Craig and you would murder my mother. Oh, yeah, that's, that's what I was going for, that. or at least guest on each other's podcast. Yeah, I wouldn't jump to murder. <laughs> <laughs> Crisscross makes you jump, jump. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to talk about sailing that crisscross and Arthur's theme, but you know, I'm kind of old school that way. Great. Well, we've clearly <laughs> we've done the improv scene up top this week, so I no think that need... was one of the most awkward openings we've had so far. <laughs> Great. I Great. never know if you're going to rope me into it or not. <laughs> well, uh, I think that was pretty clear. That I was roping you into that one. Okay. Yeah. And it's uh, on theme. Totally on to theme. Rope me into something. Oh, to rope you into something. I like that because today. We were talking about Hitchcock and Strangers on a Train. Yeah, not Rope. <laughs> <laughs> Same actor from Rope, though, is yeah, Strangers Gra on a Farley Train. Farley Granger in both Is it movies. Rope or The Rope? Uh, it's Rope. It's Rope. Rope. Just Rope. Uh, so, hi, guys. It's Craigslist. <laughs> I'm Craig Kikowski. I've got my wife, Carla Kikowski, here. And we're going to talk about my 58th favorite movie, Alfred Hitchcock's 1951 suspense thriller, Strangers on a Train. But to do that, we are going to need to introduce a man. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, you were and, the cat's dealt on that. <laughs> he is a man. <laughs> Despite the fact that my dog did not bark at him. Right. Uh, he your, your sole masculinity test for any guest. <laughs> yes. Uh, he is an author, a journalist, a podcaster, a producer of things. 
and the audio engineer to this very podcast. <laughs> I'm have so much to fix uh, after this. He, <laughs> he, he is known. He is known for uh, his wonderful podcast. A bit of a chat. I have had a bit of a chat with him, but now the chatter has become the chattee. Please welcome Ken Plume. Wow. So happy to be here. This is an honor. <laughs> Dubious at times. But an honor nonetheless. Uh, Ken, you live in North Carolina, but you're here in Los Angeles. I am. <laughs> I didn't know you were from North Carolina. I thought you lived in Atlanta. I'm I'm wrong. Well, you know, he's got a he's got a finger in every yeah. pie in the South. And he also lived in Woodbridge, Virginia or just outside of Woodbridge, in right? Quantico. In Quantico. Stationed at Virginia. Quantico. So when we had our oh. bit of a chat, we talked a lot about Northern Virginia. So much. <laughs> so about much. all of the – we talked about Dale City and Errols, Dumfries. Dumfries, Triangle. Wow. Uh, now, did <laughs> you – it on so many levels. <laughs> did you ever see a movie at the Marumsco Theater? I did not. Okay. The, the only theater I saw movies at was at the one in Occoquan. Which was the multiplex in Occoquan. Oh, yeah. Tackett's Mill? Yes. Right outside the back gate of Quantico. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And then the Potomac Mills opened up a, a multiplex, too. But yeah, that but that was too far away. Okay. I mean, Occoquan was out the back gate. Who wants to go to Potomac Mills? Unless you yeah. want to go to the Books a Million. <laughs> and who doesn't? Yes. I, mean, I do. I want to go. They've got so many books there. And a food like a court. million? Like a million. Like a million. In <laughs> a food court. Wow. <laughs> it's an outlet food court. So it's like So it's all McDonald's. discount. Yeah, it's remainder food from other restaurants. Oh, gross. <laughs> when, <laughs> when Potomac Mills first opened, their flagship was Waccamaw Pottery. That was the very end of the store. That, that was like the starter. Yes. If you were to enter, then Ikea opened at the other end. Yes. And then you had a choice to make, like an outlet Sophie's Choice. Ikea end. or Waccamaw Pottery, yeah. I that bet, was the first time I'd ever seen where they would have the walking clubs through a mall because it was so massive. Oh, yeah. yeah. Your dad does that, right? My parents to this day still walk through Potomac Mills, and it's only gotten bigger and bigger. Mm-hmm. Do they have t-shirts? Is it all branded? <laughs> Are they part of a team? Are they, is no, no. They're teams? too cool. They're too cool for that, for any official mall walking. So naked. Know. Completely yeah. naked. <laughs> they are, it's that's, an interesting sight. That's Bob and Martha for you. <laughs> Uh, so, Ken, today's movie is Strangers on a Train. What's your history with this movie? I mean, I was confused because I misunderstood what we were supposed to see. So I watched <laughs> Throw Mama from the Train. Uh-huh. Ah. So I hope that's fine. Can we d- talk about that? Sure, absolutely. I, I mean, think... it's, it's close enough, right? <laughs> Damn close. Yes. <laughs> There's a, a, a win. I know that Throw Mama was a big influence on Strangers on a Train. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Hitchcock, I'm huge not sure fan of the total of chronology of it. Yeah. <laughs> Similar body shapes. I watched Throw Mama from a Train pretty recently because. You did. I, I, yeah. Do I you remember seen me it watching in years. it? years. No. But you watch a lot of stuff. I do watch a lot of stuff. And I'm generally on a quest to watch any performance that was ever nominated for an Oscar. And Anne Ramsey, Ramsey. for some reason, was nominated for, for an Oscar. For some reason. Uh, for Throw Mama from the Train. I could, the, the, just the, uh, the sheer emotion she brought to that. <laughs> Owen! Yeah, what emotion is that? That's actually uh, a good impersonation. <laughs> <laughs> he tried to strangle me! <laughs> that's pretty good. Watched that too many times. And it has a Goonies connection. Yeah. So it makes it perfect. Sure. Yeah. You a big Goonies fan? You know, we had talked about the Goonies divide in the yes. bit of a chat we did yeah. in a sort of delineation for which generation you're part of because Goonies of our generation yeah. was nailed into our heads via HBO 
through incessant yeah. plays because it was a Warner Brothers film <laughs> and it was easy to license to HBO. And it was great. <laughs> uh, and there's that. Uh, I recently watched the Cindy Lauper video from uh, The Goonies Are Good, good Enough. enough. Yes. Yeah. Um, it is a masterpiece. Because <laughs> not only does it bring all the Goonies in who are starting to get awkwardly aged out of being Goonies by the time they shot the video, but it also brings all of her wrestling contacts yes, in. and Captain Steven Spielberg, Spielberg, Spielberg is in it. Steve, Spielberg's in the video? Yeah. Because <laughs> he's good enough. Okay. Um, it's amazing. All right. Well, we will link to the <laughs> like Goonies are good enough. If, yeah. God forbid something terrible happened and humankind was just wiped out. I pray to God. That years and millennia from now. Is that what you want to play on the only medium? Is that on the, etched on the gold disc of our civilization? <laughs> because it is <laughs> amazing. It's just crazy. Mm. I hope it's one of the videos that we've sent on a time capsule out in space. I hope so. Know, for people to. It's, it's a story bizarre. video. Is it's it? like 20 minutes yeah, long. It's really long. Because it has an entire sketch that opens it out. <laughs> and she's like, I, she's like, the worst SNL audition you'll ever see in it. And I say that with so much love and admiration. You love Cindy Lauper. She's just committing to the bit the yes. whole time and mugging to the camera constantly. And it is amazing. <laughs> and was it like, who was the, uh, is it Ivan? Who was the, uh, the Russian? Mm, I don't know. But they like run a gas station yes. in the video, right? Yes. So he's like the gas station attendant. Yes. It's bizarre. And they find like the entrance to the where the, the treasure is, yep. like through a hole in the wall, a la Shawshank well, Redemption. <laughs> they just they pull a poster or a I mean, talk of a about down. Oh no, it's a picture of like Captain Lou as his own grandmother. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, 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 yes. And talk about like how we were talking last week with Quentin Tarantino taking movie motifs or yes. nostalgia and incorporating it this video has everything all right i'm sure there's hitchcock in this there will too. sell you on goonies the music <laughs> video will sell you on the power as a cultural touchstone of goonies can you have an encyclopedic knowledge of pop culture but just the fact that you're this familiar with the 20 minutes i just long, watched it and you remember more than i do of the goonies are good enough yeah. is is amazing can I we would... also talk about the ghostbusters video and all the cameos in that oh sure <laughs> <laughs> Carly Simon, I believe, is one and of them. Carly, George Went, Danny DeVito, of course. Dan, well, he was everywhere. <laughs> How could this you is, not? This Taxi's the... beloved Danny DeVito. And I think there's some people who yell Ghostbusters in that video that I'm, I'm not even I, like I was around at the time. I'm not even sure who some of those people I don't are. I remember this video. I need to watch this one. It's pretty much Ray Parker Jr. dancing with the Ghostbusters down the street, but then Through, like a weird neon black box theater, yeah, representation of an apartment. Yes. And then there's uh, celebrity cameos that just kind of pop up in the foreground. Whoever they could grab to yell right. Ghostbusters to a camera is inserted in like a cavalcade of then current quote unquote stars. So it's like the the Muppet movie, the most recent one. Sure. Where it's yes. Just all yes. of these random. Yes. Whoever they could book. Well, that's it for Strangers on a Train, guys. <laughs> and uh, thanks so much for tuning for tuning in. <laughs> See, this is the danger of having you on is that you take left turns through every pop culture ephemera, ephemera, ephemera. I broken your we can do. Good word. Ephemera, ephemera. Craig, are you okay? Craig? <laughs> so you're more familiar with Throw Mama than Strangers. I was. Yeah. You know, uh, there was certainly a general knowledge of Strangers on a Train that I had caught in bits and pieces, but the first time I watched it the whole way through was last night. Wow. Cool. So, you know, and obviously 
through Throw Mama from the Train, I had an awareness of what the story was yes. and the fact that <laughs> that film was, you know, a, a comedy homage to the concept of Strangers on a Train and Crisscross. Yes. Crisscross. Crisscross. <laughs> <laughs> and Carla, this was the first time for you. It was. So you think you've seen parts of it. Yeah, for sure. When we were watching it, I was like, I remember this part. <laughs> also, just watching The Craft in the bedroom, having the same feelings. <laughs> Can we talk about The Craft, too? <laughs> it is... A giant piece of poop. <laughs> but, Kenny, Kenny, are you a fan of the craft? Oh, who wasn't? <laughs> right? 1996? It was a thing. I bonded with so many people over that film. <sighs> I have not seen it, but just hearing it, it in the other terrible. room, it sounds bad. It sounds bad. And you put some Instagram stories it up did. about it. And uh, those clips, I think, prove your point. Like, what's, what's so bad about it? Oh, we don't have time. <laughs> <laughs> Not enough Cindy Lauper. Right, exactly. Uh, let's get back to the task. <laughs> you brought up the craft. You're right, I did. I'm sorry. Uh, my point being, I never seen Strangers in a Train. If you had asked me yesterday before, or two days ago before we started watching it, I would have been like, it all takes place on a train. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was wrong. Uh but I do remember some of the scenes when we were watching it. And I think that has something to do with you watching it at a certain point and me coming in and out of the room as tends to go with okay. these things. Yeah. A lot of iconic shots in this. I think some of uh, Hitchcock's most famous imagery is in, in this movie. Just a, a lot of cool camera work. Uh, it's based on a, uh, a Patricia Highsmith novel, her first novel, as a matter of fact. And it was bought on the cheap, uh, as Hitchcock, uh, would do when he would try to buy somebody's book is to not get his name involved in it so they could get it for cheap. You know, oh, because the, sneaky man. The publisher would know if Hitchcock was buying it's it. They, the Hitchcock they could swindle. The Hitchcock <laughs> swindle. Um, sneaky, I'm sneaky. very interested in your book. My name is John Hammersmith. <laughs> good evening. And good evening. And I will pay you $50 for it. Uh, uh, but Patricia Highsmith, of course, famous uh, for the Ripley novels. Talented Mr. Ripley, Ripley's Game, and the three other Ripley novels that I do not know. Where and she eventually made the money that was swindled from her by Hitchcock. Yes. <laughs> And then, uh, of course, she wrote the source material that Carol was based on too, though it wasn't published under her name for like fifty years because it was uh, it was a dirty lesbian book. You just said, of course, a couple times. Like I should have known any of the things you just said. <laughs> I do that a lot. That should be the T-shirt for this show. Oh. Of course, of course, of course is the. <laughs> like I didn't know any of the stuff that you just oh, said. <laughs> of course, is the catchphrase of mansplaining. Uh, I'm sorry, Carla, but uh, no, you weren't mansplaining. You were just explaining. Okay. Oh, good. Thank you. Were God. I am not a man. I am not a man. It's only mansplaining. <laughs> my dog likes me. It's only mansplaining when I already know, and oh. I'm sitting here rolling my eyes, and you're talking, talking, talking. But if I don't know, it's just explaining. <laughs> well, I don't know. It's sometimes it can be in the tone and the condescension, I suppose. Maybe. Um, yeah, you're right. That's it. Make yourself feel worse. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I just know how much you loved Carol. I did. A lot. Yeah. And then uh, you like Talented Mr. Ripley too, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but because her books typically have a homoerotic undertone mm-hmm. to them. Uh, and this, uh, for 1951, uh, you know, during the, the code period, uh, is, is fun to see the, uh, what they've hidden, but is still kind of in plain sight there in Robert Walker's performance as, uh, Bruno. Uh, so Bruno is a, a psychopath who meets a tennis pro guy, uh, uh, randomly, perhaps on a train, though did, uh, Bruno 
intend to meet him in the first place. We don't oh. know. Although Guy instigates it, I mean, the, the interaction. Yes. I think that was part of, you know, they, they wanted <laughs> to keep you aware that this was circumstantial, that it wasn't some kind of plot by That's having right. Guy instigate the, the little knock of the feet. Yes. Also part of the sub... Text, I'm assuming. That yeah, was, knocking boots. That was code in the mm-hmm. 50s. Sure. Two guys brush <laughs> each other's feet, and uh, next thing you know, they're in bed together. Uh, so guy Wait, a- they didn't hook up in this movie, right? Is that what you're saying? Uh, well, they didn't you- have a long lunch. <laughs> they had a long, <laughs> a long, long lunch. Come back Bruno's to my car. You're just saying it was just a, a subtle... Yeah. No, I think they're, uh, Bruno has an attraction to okay, Guy. Okay, okay, yeah. Now we're on the same page again. Keep yeah, going. We're on the same going. page. <laughs> Want to make sure I watched the right movie, but I did not miss a giant scene. So Guy's trying to get a divorce from his wife, Miriam, uh, that harlot. Uh, with he's like her, his hometown wife. His, home, his hometown <laughs> wife that he's outgrown, and now he's out there. He's a famous tennis pro, and he's trying to marry a senator's daughter, uh, but he can't get a divorce from his wife. And, uh, Bruno, uh, doesn't like his dad. <laughs> we never, <laughs> we only see one scene with the yeah. dad really to get a sense of like, uh, is this guy a bad guy or not? We don't really know. There was know. a scene that basically his dad just voicing concern for his obviously yes. troubled son. Like, we need to get him help. <laughs> yeah. He has problems. <laughs> Dad's evil. Yeah. That's not worthy of murdering <laughs> that guy. Uh, but Bruno uh, arranges what he thinks is the perfect crisscross, a swap of murders. Well, Guy will murder Bruno's dad and Bruno will murder, uh, uh, Guy's wife. And guess who follows through and who does not? <laughs> With the whole that idea deal. that each, they're, they're then murdering a stranger, so it would be harder to pin the crime on them yes. because there's no previous relationship for police to, to catch on to. Perfect. The perfect crime. <laughs> Uh, but this movie kind of like, it hits the ground running right away. I mean, opening credits, and then we see two sets of shoes exiting two different cabs. We follow those shoes onto the train. Two strangers. Two strangers. <laughs> and, uh, and within 10 minutes, uh, one guy thinks he's convinced the other guy to murder somebody. <laughs> of like, hey, so I guess we're doing this thing. Yeah. Huh? It, uh, it doesn't waste any time. So I, I, I kind of like that. And uh two great central performances by Farley Granger and uh Robert Walker. Who I kept confusing for Robert Vaughn. Sure. Yeah. He very much looks like Robert Vaughn. Who's Robert Vaughn? Robert Vaughn, uh, uh from the Magnificent Seven. Superman three. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Magnificent Seven? Yes. Dirty Dozen probably also, and I think he was a, a TV star in the sixties and seventies as well as starring. Very, him. very facially similar. Okay. Yeah. Just uh, so handsome, then. Uh, well, you thought Farley Granger was very handsome. Oh, I don't know their names. <laughs> <laughs> the younger guy was very handsome. Yes, yes, Farley Granger. Yeah, yeah who also starred in Rope, which right. is another Hitchcock movie with a homoerotic subtext, mm-hmm. uh, based on the Leopold and Lowe case. Farley, I could never pin what age he was supposed to be playing in this, because in the train scene, he seems very much like maybe early 20s and doe-eyed and innocent and naive, Yeah, and then suddenly becomes very crafty and worldly, (laughs) and visually seems to represent that as the film goes on. Hmm. Yeah. I could never pin exactly, and and Miriam, his his hope-to-be ex-wife. Yes. Uh... Certainly acts very childish when we get to. I was the thinking like mid twenties. They're probably mid twenties. Yeah, was that my guess, right. but yeah. but the whole Miriam thing as a name, 
and the glasses and sort of, you know, the, the dowdy dress that they had throw me off to where she was clearly cavorting like you would expect a teenager to cavort through an amusement right. park. Yeah. Uh, she's hanging out with two dudes. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know what their arrangement is. Hooking up. <laughs> Hooking up. I don't know if it's a threesome or... It, it, I think it's just an ongoing fun fair. It's an ongoing fun <laughs> yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll talk a little bit more about Miriam and her two beaux uh, as we get to the uh, the carnival scene. Uh, but yeah, Farley Granger, best known for this and Rope. Uh, and then he did a fair amount of TV. And he kept working as an actor into his 80s. Uh, but he was, uh, bisexual and was fairly open about it at the time in Hollywood. And, and uh, I guess his autobiography, he tells a lot of stories about, uh, the, the gay lifestyle in the fifties and sixties in Hollywood. And supposedly it's a good, good read. Uh, Rob- let's read it. Let's do a book club. <laughs> <laughs> I would read that. And, uh, Robert Walker, uh, who played Bruno had been known mostly as a leading man type. And mm. he had been married to, uh, the actress Jennifer Jones, who left. Oh, yeah. I think there was a, you must remember this yeah. about her because mm-hmm. she left Robert Walker for David O. Selznick. Mm. Uh, because he, uh, he was the mogul who had discovered her. But Walker was, uh, mentally Rather troubled. He was very troubled. He was mentally ill and an alcoholic and he died. Uh, either just before, or just after this movie I think it was premiered, just before it was released, at, wow. eight, at age thirty-two, just before <gasps> this movie, that guy's uh, only thirty-two. <laughs> Whoa! I would have thought forties as well. Yeah. Everybody looked older back then, you know. There was, there was I don't know more... if it was the black and white, if it was the yeah. dress, if it was the way of comporting. Thirty-two. Yourself. More drinking Man. and smoking back then, I think, and yeah, you know. that's really sad. He's he's very good. Yeah, he so this you know would have been his transition into uh you know more character actor stuff from from leading man and he is kind of the quintessential uh charming psychopath that we've seen in so many thrillers since and I'm not going to say this movie invented the trope but it certainly is one of the early examples uh of getting it right you know and I think also uh this movie is also the uh, an innocent man kind of falling in uh, on a crime uh, that in a spiral that he kind of can't get out of. So he certainly, you know, I think if the film would have been made a decade earlier, that Hitchcock would have cast him as Norman Bates. Mm-hmm. He yeah, very much has that, that. vibe to him. That <clears throat> Farley Granger yeah. or, or Robert Walker. Robert Walker. Yeah, yeah. That weird yeah. sort of psychopathic childishness mm-hmm. and impulsivity. That's really interesting. But comparing this to last week and Mr. Blonde, another psychopath, I think uh, this movie was just far more enjoyable for Carla. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a it's pretty breezy psychopath run. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> for a movie involving murder and psychopaths, it's pretty breezy, and a lot of it is is pretty funny and fun. Uh, yeah, I I laughed. Um, I also it's just really fun to watch visually. Um, as we all know, <laughs> I'm not saying anything new about Alfred Hitchcock here. <laughs> really hot but... <laughs> take, Carla. Hot take. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's just true. It's just, he's just a master of the, uh, art form. And so it's just like, what is, what, what, you know, what angle is he going to show me now? You know? Yeah. Um, so that was really fun to watch. Although, to be fair, I did ask how much longer a couple times. Well, you always do that. So. <laughs> Yeah, we've we've got that recorded. We've got we have documentation Great. of that. I think you were very bored during the big tennis match. Yes, even though I mean, it was how interesting. Could you not be? But, yeah, there's no way to make tennis interesting. No, 
I don't know. I'm a fairly big tennis fan, but yeah, I get it. I get it. Not I think for 20 minutes. Right. <laughs> it's a long sequence. Yeah, I don't want to watch sequence. a match in real time within a movie. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's the thing. You know, let's jump to toward the end of the movie. Guy is uh he's playing in the in the it wouldn't be the US Open at the time, but the US uh National Tennis Championship because it would have been an amateur tournament. Uh but uh He's trying to get the match done in time to get to the carnival to stop Bruno from planting his lighter, uh, which is going to incriminate him at the, the murder scene. Yeah. And so the whole thing is like, I've got to finish this match in three sets. Well, you could lose the match in three sets. Right. <laughs> nobody said you, <laughs> nobody said you had to win right. it in three sets. Well, he has to maintain his standing. Yeah. <laughs> so Cause he, if he's in prison, he's, he's got to be a winner, a I tennis mean, that winner. transfers over to the prison league, I think. <laughs> right. Yeah. You don't want to go in ranked lower than you were. <laughs> Though he does lose one set. And so Bruno kind of gets the jump on him, but then Bruno loses the lighter. And so. Yeah, maybe the tennis sequence is a little boring, but the intercutting between Bruno trying to get the lighter and Guy trying to finish the match is like classic Hitchcock building tension over something that really is... I don't know if the tennis builds tension. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's that noise that he was hoping would really affect the the clicking of the ball. Uh Uh-huh. Of the ball being hit? I think you have to understand tennis, too, yeah. to, to re- understand what the stakes and how the game is going. Yeah. Sure. Were they playing well? I could I was tell. trying to apply ping pong rules to it <laughs> and figure out where it was. It's like, does it have to hit once? What What is going on with this? They were playing great, guys. They were fantastic. <laughs> it was one of the most riveting matches I've ever seen. Are they really ace players? Are it they... was Federer-Nadal-level tennis. Are they tennis players? <laughs> <laughs> Though uh, I think you can clearly see that Farley Granger is not playing in the wide shot. No. Uh, and th- there's other examples of just old Hollywood movie making in terms of there's times where you can see that they're clearly on location. They're clearly they are in Washington, D.C. among the monuments. Right. They're at uh, Forest Hills uh, at, at the real tennis center. They're uh, they're really at Penn Station. But then there's other times where you see those same things clearly in rear projection, yeah. you know, yeah. And uh, Hitchcock used rear production <laughs> all the time, but it's it's odd that if you were there, why not get right, all, the shots, all the shots right. there? Right. Yeah. But I think there's times where he just wanted to control what the shot was, and he can only do that uh, via rear projection. Which I think works better in black and white. Sure. Yeah, there's a lot more that you can forgive, I think. Same thing with miniatures, which you'll get to, I'm sure, in our discussion. Uh, the, the carousel is yes. a miniature, yeah. right? It yeah. is. I didn't know. <laughs> well, when it crashes, that's yes, a miniature. the very end yeah. when it... Oh, I was wondering how he did that. Uh, it looked life-size to me. But he also did kill a few people. Oh, okay. Just to make it authentic. <laughs> sure. That poor they guy crawling, into the shop. crawling underneath. That was actually done in real. Yes. He so actually it... endangered that poor gentleman who is not an actor. He was a carny, I guess. <laughs> well, I yeah. guess carnies will do anything. So awesome. if you got him around, use him. So that the poor guy. Big climactic scene in the movie. Uh, we've returned to the carnival, which is where Bruno murdered Miriam earlier. He's trying to plant the lighter. Guy is there trying to stop him from doing it. The police think Guy is the murderer. And they have a fight on a merry-go-round. And the cops 
uh, get there, and immediately there's kids. There is kids on this merry-go-round. They immediately fire a random shot <laughs> and kill the operator and kill the operator. I mean, it, it, it's, it's absurd. It's great from an action standpoint of just like which is never shot. mentioned again. Yeah, no. the, and the, the, the quiet, rather calm aftermath of them just going, "Oh, I guess there's your lighter. Yeah, yeah. I, guess, I guess you're free to go. Want to hang around? We'll talk after." There's a dead guy like two feet over there that no one is addressing, but I guess Carney doesn't matter. There's also, I mean, the crash. So weird. When the carousel crashes, there's no way that all those kids survived that. No, (laughs) no. It like breaks in half. Yeah. Yeah. Also, all the parents who rush over, you would think to check on their children. All just want to see what's up with the lighter. Yeah, yeah. They're all just hanging around going, what's up with this murder What's thing? going on here? <laughs> yeah, we never found out if... boy. <laughs> we never found out if that little Billy or whatever his name was, was yeah. okay. Well, uh, there's so many... Th- I mean, I think... Was this that the typ- same boy at the end that was also the, one of the funniest scenes in the film? That had his balloon pop? Yeah, the balloon. Oh. I don't know if it's the same Because I'm hoping he just hangs around the carnival all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Because they, because then he's he whacking Bruno at, at one point too, right? Or, or is he hitting Guy? Yeah, no, he's hitting Bruno. Yeah, he's trying to help Guy. It's uh, funny. So yeah, the the our operator dies, and so the ride goes into overdrive, and it, you know it's it's which I guess is a thing that the ride is capable of going like super speed. <laughs> yeah, sure. it's like a gravitron all of a sudden. Did you guys ever ride that ride? Oh sure. The that's, one that, that's the one that propels you against the yes. outside. Well, you're like, yeah, you're like standing up and you're on these sliders or whatever and it goes so fast. Held in place by centrifugal? Centrifugal or centripetal force? I don't know. Can fun. we get a physicist? That was Can always my favorite. Do you have a write-in? Do people write in to the podcast <laughs> and uh, I would with the turn, right answer? Oh, they do. So I'd be – so I'd do Gravitron and if there wasn't anybody next to me, I would turn around and hang upside down. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do when it stops? I would turn around before it stopped. Wow. Okay. Wow. That's all. I was really cool. <laughs> In the fifth grade, you were I was the gal to hang out with at the carnival. <laughs> you were the Miriam. <laughs> I was the Miriam. Yeah. Were you always totally two was, boys? Heck yeah. At least. <laughs> Watch me spin. At least, at least two boys. <laughs> Uh, so, <laughs> and so while this thing is going to overdrive, uh, the cops can't get on the ride to, to get Guy, who's fighting with Bruno, and they're because like, somebody, they're brave enough. yeah, they're like, somebody needs to stop that ride. And this somebody old, crazy. this old carny is like, I'll do it. <laughs> and, and, and methodically for the next 10 minutes, he crawls under the merry-go-round to get into the middle to stop it. Maybe 10 feet worth of crawling. Yeah. Yes. And it was for real. It was for real. He really did that. And uh, Hitchcock said that's the most dangerous stunt he ever did. I mean, if that guy picked his head up a couple of inches, you oh know, he God. would have been decapitated. You know? Again, just losing a carny. I mean, the stakes were very low. <laughs> I love carnies. Are they? Are we allowed to call them that? <laughs> I mean, feels like for a carnival. It feels like that's not the right thing to say anymore. They call themselves carnies. Do they? Yeah. Or do what? they call themselves carnival professionals? Carnival professionals. <laughs> that seems like a mouthful. <laughs> well, I first saw this movie uh, when I was a teenager. Probably I was probably 16. And I, I've talked before about seeing movies with my friend Andrew. And I think – I'm not totally sure, but I think we saw this in a double feature, a Blockbuster or Errol's uh, two-tape rental. With Throw Mama uh, from the Train. Throw Mama from the Train. <laughs> uh, with double indemnity. Uh, so at least I associate those movies. Which was made before this. A Double Indemnity was yeah. 44, yeah. yeah. 
And that was written by Raymond Chandler. Raymond Chandler also credited for the screenplay for this, though apparently they didn't use anything that he And he wanted wrote. his name off, as did Hitchcock. Yes, but the studio liked the cachet of having a Raymond Chandler credit, uh, and so they left, his, left his name on. Apparently the... It was mainly written by his wife, by Hitchcock's wife and... Three women. Yeah. yeah. Hitchcock's wife and his associate producer, who was a woman, and a, a woman who was the assistant of Ben Hecht. Ben Hecht, uh, one of the most famous Hollywood screenwriters in the 30s who wrote The Front Page, which became His Girl Friday. And Wait, they didn't get credit at all? Well, uh, I don't think they got on screen. Wow. <laughs> no, of course. But after he, first, he got a uh, he had the Patricia Highsmith novel, and he had one screenwriter write a draft who kind of introduced the homoerotic subtext. And then Raymond Chandler took a pass, and Hitchcock didn't like any of it. And so then he had these three ladies spend like a week hammering out the screenplay, and they added the lighter, the lighter. The merry-go-round and Miriam's glasses, which are like wow. all the most memorable yeah, the things. things that actually make the case work. Yeah, wow. all the memorable things about the movie. That's how we do it. <laughs> we make things without work credit. without credit. <laughs> That's how we do it without credit. With, for no money and no credit. Uh, Carla, would you care to guess what the main difference between uh, this and the Highsmith novel is? There are a few differences, um, but the main difference is I bet that the sister gets killed in the novel. <laughs> <laughs> I kept waiting for that to happen in the movie. Felt like they missed an opportunity to kill the sister. I don't know why she seemed to be having weird psychic moments when yeah. they made a connection. I thought for sure she was going to get killed. I thought that that was going to be the tip off. Yeah, yeah. Hitchcock would never kill his own daughter. She looks a little like Miriam, and she's wearing the same glasses. Yeah, and Patricia Hitchcock plays. Uh, the the kid sister of guy's uh, she's girlfriend awesome she's really great she's the comic relief in it and she's kind of the the morbid uh you know hitchcockian she's, she's voice the in it she's she is velma yeah. yeah exactly i think this is the way that this should be done and you're fools <laughs> uh she of course has one of the big laugh lines in psycho as well which is like oh you probably noticed my wedding ring <laughs> uh but yeah it, it's too bad it's very good Patricia Hitchcock, <laughs> thank you i've really really honed that impression over the years but it, it's surprising she didn't show up in more movies because she's was she's, it just those two she's pretty fun i don't know what other credits she had my understanding we'll is she had a family and moved into producing Hmm. Ah. Yeah. Um, so what were you saying? She's still what alive. Was the, is she really? She was in California. Solvang? Is it Solvang? Does she really? Yes. Wow. We go to Solvang all the time. Oh my gosh. Well, now you can look her up. <laughs> I wonder if she was that lady I got into a fight with It's in Solvang. <laughs> <laughs> no, that lady was from North Carolina. I think I your husband's <laughs> trying to murder me. <laughs> there was this lady standing in front of me at the... Um, whatever convenience store and yeah. she was bitching about ta the taxes and all these things uh and she had a really thick accent or north carolina dialect and i said well you know those things cover us taking care of our environment in california <laughs> <laughs> i mean and you really I, turned her around right I, you changed I just your mind. felt shamed uh <laughs> and as she was I also want to say i don't identify as a north carolinian <laughs> as she was leaving her husband said well at least now we got the greatest president that ever was <laughs> oh and i oh, said that's completely patricia hitchcock <laughs> i said uh that's debatable <laughs> And then we ran into them on the street. We saw them like three more times. Then we ran into them at 
the restaurant we went to for yes. dinner, we parked right in front of them and we got out of the car at the same time. And what the listeners don't know is they're your house guests right now and they're just <laughs> off mic. Oh my God. We kept the next morning we were, we went to get coffee and we ran into them on the street. Well, then it's couples night. It was. <laughs> Unbelievable. We, we were in Solvang for less than 24 hours and kept running into these people that Carla had a confrontation with, <laughs> you know. And uh, I'm so disappointed of like, you're so good with the snappy comebacks when you're around me. <laughs> but <laughs> after months and months of being driven politically crazy online, the best you can come up with is, uh, that's debatable. <laughs> I was just so shocked that he brought up catchphrase. I was so shocked he brought up Trump when we were talking about the environment. Yeah, but I should have not been shocked. I should have totally expected that. Uh, that's that's debatable. debatable. <laughs> okay, that's Back. a spinoff podcast, right? Is that going to be the next one? Behind the paywall, folks. Uh, donate to our Patreon, and you'll. <laughs> Get a little taste of, uh, that's debatable. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> look, look out, we got this. <laughs> We're coming for you with, uh, that's debatable. Oh, that's not funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's a combination of, uh, yeah, dude, and, uh, we got this. How Every episode they... is just 30 seconds long, right? The, pe- the people totally. present their case, uh, that's debatable. Mic drop, end of episode. <laughs> How did we know they were from North Carolina? Oh, they said it. They said it. That's right. They wanted us to know. I wasn't even there. I never talked to them. <laughs> I just told you the whole story. Yeah. In all the encounters you had, you never thought to have a nice conversation with them? <laughs> nope. I could have bonded with them, Carla. I'm a connector. Okay. Maybe they were up for debate. <laughs> uh, that's oh. debatable. We're going over to the shakies. You want to go? <sighs> so the main difference, the main difference between the movie and the novel... Is that guy goes through the murder in the novel. So he actually does the crisscross. <laughs> yeah, he does the crisscross. Oh, good yeah. for him. Good for him. After yeah. Bruno does his, it's like, well, yeah. I gotta reciprocate. Yeah. I have I haven't read the novel, so I don't know how it turns out. Interesting. And guy is also not a tennis pro in the novel. I think he's an More archi- interesting architect. Sport? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so we, Yeah, he's a polo player. We have a high stakes <laughs> build Weird. that goes on at the end. And, uh, and Bruno is not a charming, uh, snazzy dressed mama's boy. He's an alcoholic. Oh. So they made a lot of character changes for the, uh, for the movie. Well, that's like Hitchcock's, th- Hitchcock? Who's that? Hitchcock. Hitchcock's thing, right? Is to take a character and like a man usually and put him in an impossible circumstances and like really make you feel for him, right? Yes, because Hitchcock had a lifelong fear of being accused of a crime that he did not commit. And so, like, it's a theme that well, turns up so many times. considering how he treated times. women over the years. Yeah. yeah. Understandable. <laughs> uh, Ruth Roman is the lead actress in this movie, plays Farley Granger's girlfriend. She's quite good. I loved her. I thought she yeah. was great. And she actually... Hitchcock uh, didn't want her. Hitchcock did not want her. Really? It was Jack Warner forcing her on him, because she was a contract player, right? I thought she was yeah. great. Uh, so yeah, she's more of a brunette and, uh, Hitchcock, of course, loved the icy blondes. Well, watching this, I was like, this lady is so much more interesting than Grace Kelly. (laughs) Yeah. I think she's really beautiful and, uh, she brings more to the role than, uh, than was written there. You can feel the agency. Yeah, definitely. I am a fan of Tippi Hedren though. Yeah. I like that. Tippi Hedren's good. You don't like Grace Kelly so much. No. Yeah. I don't get it. (laughs) <laughs> but I think 
That's another She's thing. She's not your princess. She's not my princess, you guys. <laughs> That's another thing about this movie is how quickly she kind of catches on to Guy of like she does kind of like suspect him. She's and smart. Then, and then she picks up on Bruno of like this guy doesn't belong here. What's going on with him? How does Guy know this guy yeah. already? She calls Guy out and he has to admit it to her. Yeah. So it's like I'm not buying your bullshit. And then she tries to help him like she, without asking him. She goes to the house to talk to the crazy guy's mom. Yeah. Um. I thought, yeah, I liked her. I thought she was a good character. I mean, she could have still been better. <laughs> There's a lot of crying, unnecessary crying. It's not even crying. It's like, <laughs> it's like that weird sound. <laughs> it's like, that's not real crying. Token cry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, let's go chronologically through the movie a little bit with a segment that we like to call Carla's Quotes. She's feeling her oats and Greg's taking notes. Whatever they are, it's Carla's Quotes. I'm going to uh, call that Winnie Pooh crying from now on. <laughs> <laughs> Winnie Pooh crying? Yeah. Does Winnie the Pooh cry like that? Doesn't he make a sound like, what is he? <laughs> he <just> old Bob. <laughs> oh, no. Who's... Are you thinking of Piglet? I'm thinking of Piglet. Yeah, okay. I'm still going to call it Winnie Pooh crying. <laughs> <laughs> Winnie He's Pooh crying. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, opening titles, we saw the name Patricia Hitchcock, and Carla said, Patricia Hitchcock, that's some nepotism if I've ever seen it. But good nepotism, because she's really good. Yeah. It's not like uh, Godfather 3, right? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Sophia, if you're listening. Not her choice. Right. Uh, When we meet the character Bruno, Carla said, Bruno, Bruno, in a thick Italian (laughs) accent, which is one of your favorite accents to use while watching a film. Now I got to hear it. Bruno, Bruno, I love you, Bruno. (laughs) That dates all the way back to uh, La Dolce Vita. Uh, yeah, Bruno, uh, so creepy right away, uh, like saying weird things like, I certainly admire people who do things. <laughs> I read all the pages of the newspaper. <laughs> uh, Carla, Carla had a lot of quotes like this. This guy's creepy. Uh, apparently there, there's a running theme of doubles too. Doubles tennis. Uh, Hitchcock in his cameo is carrying a double bass. They order double scotches. Uh, so they they want to get wow. that. Or a double double when they go to In and Out. <laughs> that the scene best. was cut, unfortunately. <laughs> but yeah, let me get a double double animal style. Uh, do you want one too? We <laughs> trade patties. Crisscross <laughs> animal style. <laughs> uh, Carla said, "This is such a weird conversation to have with a stranger on a train, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> or anywhere, really." Anywhere. Uh, one of Hitchcock's most famous cameos of, uh, he's just carrying a, this giant bass, uh, onto the, uh, the train. And, uh, I think Carla was not looking at the time. And I say, I saw, I said, <laughs> see who that is. And you said, um, Franklin Roosevelt. <laughs> <laughs> that double bass is also a body double for Hitchcock. <laughs> yep. Uh, that scene directed by Patricia Hitchcock. Why? Oh, because he was in it. Because <laughs> he was in it. <laughs> yeah. Huh. On Farley Granger, he's less creepy in this one than in the other one. And I meant? He was creepy in Rope? Yeah. Not creepy in this. Yeah, he's super creepy in Rope. Sure. Have you seen that one? I have not seen Rope. I like it better, actually. I you like Rope better. What okay. I think Rope's rope. an amazing movie. It's pretty great. Well, it all yeah. takes place in one location. And there's so like... Similar to Lifeboat? Yes, but it's totally done in real time too. So yeah. I think they shot it. It's a pretty short movie. So I think they shot it 
in seven reels of whatever they were, 12 minutes. So right. it's, it's seven 12 minute long takes, but then they're, they, they, they hide the cut. So it looks like one long cut or one long take the, the entire movie. And he's really creepy in it. Yeah. yeah he's the murderer. One of the murderers. So how would you compare him to Bruno? I actually felt very, it was like a very similar character that the, and it, it kind of surprised me that he wasn't playing Bruno. And I actually thought he would have been a good guy in psycho too. Yeah. Based on his rope performance. Yeah. Either one of them could have worked. Uh, when we see, uh, Bruno, he's grown his nails out long too. And Carla said, ick, guys with long nails are the grossest. Maybe he plays guitar. <laughs> nope. <laughs> sure. He's, he's the fl- flamenco guitar player. Yeah, it's his picking fingers. I don't accept that. <laughs> but then there's also several close ups of, uh, Bruno's hands and it's clearly somebody else's hands, right? Or this le- is, okay, we have to talk about this for a second. <laughs> okay. This drives me crazy in all movies that Hand do matching? this. Yes. Cause you know, especially if it's an actor you're familiar with, you know what their hands look like. I always watch people's hands. <laughs> and so it drives me crazy when there's in a close-up and they're like doing something and you can't you can tell that it's not the same hand so these clean shaven hands are not robin williams right exactly (laughs) yes (laughs) i'm very familiar with meryl streep's hands and let's just say that i know when it's not meryl streep's hand in a close-up but i also knew for this guy whatever his name is okay uh this pulls you out of the movie yeah doesn't it does that not affect you guys I don't not to the degree that it does you clearly. All right. Uh but it actors has to be really blatant. <laughs> yeah. Stick around for your hand close-ups guys. It does make a difference. I think so. Don't run to your trailer, you know. I know that the uh your number 2 comes in to do the hands, but uh hand acting is still acting. Hand acting is acting. <laughs> <laughs> that is the quote of the episode. Hand acting is acting. Uh there's a fun scene with Bruno and his mom. Uh, and she's a nut and, uh, she played Aunt Clara on, uh, Bewitched. Uh, and, uh, but she has this line of like, oh, uh, that silly little plan of yours to blow up the White House. <laughs> oh dear. That was so weird. As offhand comments go though, to define a character. Yeah. Yeah. And whatever she's going through. Yeah. Yeah. But she's supportive. She is. She loves her son. And she loves the arts. <laughs> <laughs> Bruno calls Guy to let him know he's going to go through with the murder. And uh, and Carla said uh, while he's doing the phone call, I'm a stranger on the train. Remember me, stranger on a train? <laughs> <laughs> I'm really sorry. Sorry I did that to you. Uh, the car- <laughs> the carnival is a great fun setting, you know, yeah. for a, for a thriller. Both in the initial scene where he murders Miriam, and then later at the callback at the uh, at the end with the merry-go-round scene. But uh, as you mentioned, Ken, the scene where Bruno pops the kid's balloon with his cigarette. Yeah, like, I so- love that. Just a beautiful comedy moment. Yes, <laughs> as beats go so to funny. define how awful yet cheerfully awful he yeah. is. He's gleefully <laughs> awful. Yes. And the kid kind of deserved it. Yeah, sure. totally. Yeah. Uh, now, Miriam's cavorting with two dudes, uh, just as we mentioned, just out for a fun time at the Tunnel of Love. Uh, <laughs> but on the DVD, re- uh, watching the bonus feature about the actress, they, they had an interview with the actress who played Miriam, which was very interesting. And she Hitchcock gave her these thick glasses. She did not wear glasses herself, did not need them, and could so not see. So they were prescription see. thick glasses. Prescription ah. thick. She could not see through them. 
And that's why the whole time she's holding the two guys. So like she's holding hands with the two guys because she could not see in front of her and the two actors were leading her everywhere. And like the one point she's running her hand along the countertop. Yes. Rather to get a sense of yeah, where, she where she is. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, she could not see the merry-go-round getting on it. Do you think when I everything. say interesting it sounds like I mean it's interesting? That that did. Okay, good. What <laughs> what was the subtext? Interesting. <laughs> like truly. How do you say interesting when you're just trying to be nice? Interesting. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was awful. I can see that. Yeah, that was cold-blooded. <laughs> <laughs> that cut me to my core. Oh. <laughs> A chill went down my spine. Uh, let's just say I wish that there were still love tunnels. <laughs> I was surprised that they gave them their own boats to navigate themselves through the tunnel. As right. far as just safety issues. Like, hey, here's a boat. <laughs> here's a kick boat. You yeah. Drive on through. Find your way. Yeah. Find your way like over the tunnel. a body of water. She could just mm-hmm. tool off yeah. wherever you want to go. Just do whatever. <laughs> Uh, there's a nice scene where they go into the tunnel of love and we see, and Bruno's in the boat behind them. We see his shadow approaching her shadow. She screams and she's just screaming with delight because she's hanging out with her two boyfriends. Which, yeah. where were they staged that their shadows overlap like that <laughs> in a tunnel? I mean, was he beside them overtaking them as this happened? I did think he killed her though in that moment. So yeah, it worked You were on fooled. Me. You were fooled. I think. You know, one thing we're learning about Hitchcock is that there's so much that does not hold up to scrutiny when you really examine it, but it's all about, he's the ultimate magician. Like, he's just got you hooked and he's fooling you in the mm-hmm. moment, you know. But when you start to think about something, you're like, wait, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> See, the tunnel of love scene, in referencing Throw Mama from the Train, because yeah. uh-huh. I have to in that moment. Sure. I thought what was going to happen was that what we saw with one of her two bows getting fresh was one of them was going to accidentally kill her and then bruno was gonna take credit for it and go look i killed her you have to go kill my father interesting (laughs) oh that was remember throw mama from the train uh it was don't (laughs) (laughs) the 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 ex-wife of billy crystal's character falls off accidentally the back of the boat before danny devito's character can actually kill her he takes credit and says now i did this you need to kill my mama (laughs) gotcha Billy Crystal was in that. I forgot. Yeah, Billy Crystal and Danny DeVito. After running scared, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Apparently, David Fincher and Gillian Flynn are developing a new Strangers on a Train. Oh, boy. (laughs) So, What's in the train? (laughs) What's in the train? (laughs) Bruno's got the upper hand. Um, But Carla said it was easier to kill people back in the day. Now there's cameras everywhere. You sounded so Boy, dis- lament. so disappointed. <laughs> um, but then a uh, classic Hitchcock scene of uh, Bruno strangling Miriam. Her glasses fall so off. Cool. And we see the whole thing reflected in her glasses. How did he do that? Which is what? Double printed. What right? does that mean? And it involved a convex lens of some sort too. Convex mirror. So you shoot the frames independently. Of the shot of the actual strangulation, and then you print that section On onto the same way you do a map painting. I see. Okay, it's and, really cool. In the moment, I think the distortion yeah. in the lenses that was the convex or concave, whatever. So he's shooting that reflection, and that's what's inserted onto the lens later in. Post-talk. So neat. And she talked in the DVD featurette about uh, 
how precisely he wanted her to fall back as if she was just sort of kind of floating to the ground. She's like, I'm, you know, I'm not an acrobat or you know, like <laughs> float, an float. athlete or anything. Like I didn't know how to do it. And she kept like, just like falling on her ass and hitting uh, the concrete. And hitting she the didn't the even concrete. have anything underneath. Her. There were no pads. No. Yeah. And she said by the seventh time she was sick of hitting the concrete and somehow it just worked. She did it. She floated down and then Hitchcock was like, next shot, move on. Didn't even say good job. <laughs> Didn't even say yeah, thank you. Turkey leg. <laughs> <clears throat> anyway, in the moment you said, cool shot, Hitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the validation from the grave. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's hard to impress uh, little Miss Carla, but she you got a cool shot, Hitch. That's that one. <laughs> Now I want to hear you pick a shot from every film on the list. Oh, <laughs> it's man. your cool shot shot. All right. I'm not watching anything ever again. <laughs> Here's maybe one of the reasons that why I conflate this movie with Double Indemnity is there's an identical plot point of having a drunk on the train who is your alibi. Oh. Uh, it, it's, much a, it's a much bigger deal in Double Indemnity where uh, Fred McMurray's on a train with a guy uh, who doesn't remember talking to him because he's lit, but the same thing happens. But anyway, the actor looks a lot like Eugene Levy and Carla's like, Eugene Levy. <laughs> <laughs> so if you fear that you may be being set up for murder, find a sober buddy on the train that you're on. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Good luck finding a sober buddy <laughs> on a night train. <laughs> And then as he's telling uh, the senator about his alibi, he's like, but I, I talked to a guy, a professor. And uh, the senator's like, Harvard? And he said, Delaware Tech. <laughs> oh. oh. Yeah, it was the senator's like, disappointment in that, oh, well, that alibi won't count. <laughs> What's the lamest sounding college you can come up with? <laughs> Delaware Tech. I'm sure there is not even that school does not exist. Um, you kept saying before Patricia Hitchcock appeared, is that his daughter? Is that his daughter? <laughs> <laughs> and then when she was on screen, it was like, that's his daughter. Now I remember. But I was excited. Uh, after the news of Miriam's death is relayed to Guy, uh, and then, uh, his, uh, his girlfriend, uh, says how terrible it would be if they were apart. Carla said, yeah, forget about the fact that you might have killed someone. It would be worse <laughs> if we were separated. <laughs> She was really worried about that. I was like, yikes. There were different concerns then. Yeah. Couple, uh, as Bruno starts to stalk them, a couple of great shots. First of all, Bruno, like off in the distance, uh, at the Lincoln Memorial is, is a really cool shot of him kind of looming on those stairs. And then the other classic shot is Guy is playing a tennis match and the whole crowd is panning left and right to follow the ball, passing back and forth over the net while Bruno is sitting in the middle, staring straight ahead. That's so neat. I and then do he does really like that. Wave. Yeah. It's <laughs> really good. Then there's a recurring thing of Bruno uh, staring at the kid sister played by Patricia Hitchcock. And because she has the same glasses, he keeps uh, having a repressed or not a repressed memory because it's over. <laughs> yes. uh, but uh, keeps getting reminded of Miriam. So as he stares at her neck, Carla's like, look at that neck. I'm going to strangle it. <laughs> I can't expect to have like suddenly that that little post animated heart would appear behind both of them and the stars would be animated yeah. coming out of their eyes. <laughs> It did seem like she was falling in love with him for yeah. a second. Yeah. Oh, Bruno. Bruno. And like that was the song. That's the song cue. That's when they go into their unrequited love song. Yeah. Huh. Here's Carla and Bruno. This is the creepiest creepy creeper. 
He's a good creeper, though. He's really he's very good. effective. He's very effective. He knows how to tail creepily. Mm-hmm. He can show up in the like the perfect creep spot in every shot when people glance back. It's like he poses his creep shots. Yeah. Stops. In, it, like, oh, they're about to look back and poses. Yeah. His creep pose. It's crazy. He's got good. He's got like resting creep face. Okay. Any creeps listening, watch this movie, take notes, and you will up your creep factor. Yeah. I know we have a high creep listenership to begin with. <laughs> Bruno is your Uber creep. Uh, I've had many Uber drivers that were very, very similar to Bruno. Hello, Craig. Uh, Crisscross. <laughs> Makes you jump, jump. Uh, at what the senator is concerned about his reputation, and he says, uh, uh, next thing you know, they'll be talking about orgies. Orgies. Oh, I didn't know what he said. Carla said, orgies oh, is what I heard. Orgies. Oh, Here's the standard Carla quote. We still have 41 minutes left of this movie. <laughs> yeah, all tennis match. And that was, that, was uh... before, that was before the tennis match had even started. Uh, my single favorite line reading of Farley Granger's, I don't know, and I don't know. Yes. <laughs> that is so crazy. It was, because it isn't, she wasn't even asking two questions, right? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. And I don't know. And I don't know. <laughs> he was anticipating the follow-up. Right. How do you not know? Yeah. Oh. Uh, here's, uh, here's Carla and Farley Granger's, Farley Granger's fashion. Guys really had to hike up their pants way back in the day. The suspenders seem a little overkill. <laughs> <laughs> For real. So if their pants were like up past their belly button, which is a style thing. Sure. Why would you need suspenders? Do you guys know? I think I think it is a style thing. They're they're, they're not holding up the pants, right? right? I would think once they're past the hips and the gut, they're the fine. gut is yeah. Much, and you have a belt on too. It wasn't suspenders and a belt. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that must be just a style thing. Huh. Just so you can have that that iconic look of pulling the suspenders down so they're dangling off to the side. Sure. Right. Like you're relaxing or exasperated. I've been working all day and I'm so exhausted. Oh, I'm suspenders now gonna, down. I'm going to let my suspenders hang. <laughs> suspenders down and they You've fall. had a long day here. I see the suspenders are down already. <laughs> Would you like a cocktail? Man, I really want you to get a pair of suspenders now. <laughs> I wore a lot of suspenders on Drunk History this season. I'll tell you that yeah. much. How yeah. high have you hiked up your pants? Pretty damn high for Did some they of them. feel like okay? So I don't like mean to nipple take high? this this <laughs> nipple high. Uh, I don't mean to take this like uh, in a totally different direction. But did it feel like it helped you keep your pants up? Yeah. So they felt functional. Yeah, they're functional. Okay. Yeah. So they they were taught your your suspenders were taught. <laughs> they were taught. They were carefully taught. They were taught how to hold up your pants. <laughs> uh, back to the movie. <laughs> It's really hot this is here. All germane. <laughs> uh, that's debatable. Um, <laughs> See, plug it again. <laughs> guy goes to Bruno's house uh, ostensibly to carry out the the murder, though of course he has no intention of uh, of doing so. But there's a giant Great Dane probably yeah. standing on top of the stairs. Scooby Doo. Scooby Doo yeah. is there. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, a great build of tension there. Carla, of course, she's holding our five-pound chihuahua, Frankie, and she said, Frankie, that's you. <laughs> Though Frankie would try to take on that dog, yeah. certainly. Uh, but such a great thing is he's slowly approaching the dog and then a slow-mo lick. Like, yeah. it's it's so out of yeah, character with actually, movies at that time to go into slow-mo like that. It's yeah, they, so they cool. they over-cranked 
That's right. Yeah. Over cranking yeah. to slow down, under cranking to speed up. Yeah. The camera to get slow motion for why? Right. <laughs> what was the choice in editing? Like, oh, that hand's moving too fast. I actually, I know you thought it was cool. I didn't like that part. Yeah. It t- took you out of it. Yeah. A it was bit. just like, it'd, it'd be just as effective in real time to have the dog lick all of a sudden, uh-huh. I think. Yeah. It was like know. bullet time was needed then to <laughs> yeah. show that the dog was bonding. <laughs> I don't understand that plan though. So he shows up. In the middle of the night with the gun yeah. uh-huh. to go talk to his father about his crazy son to go, oh, and here's the gun he gave me. And I right. stuck in your house with the key he gave me. And by the way, good morning. Yeah. yeah. Again, the gun is Hitchcock saying of like, is he going to go through with it or is right. he not? We know that he's not really d- doing it. But, he, you know, he wants to have that moment of like guy taking out the gun of like, is he really considering doing yeah. this? You know, again. knock, knock. <laughs> yeah. Gun on the door. But then Bruno's one step ahead of ahead of him. His his dad's not there, and Bruno was waiting for him in the bed, fully you know? dressed. Yes, under the covers. <laughs> How long was he there? Hours. Hours. The other thing is later with the whole tennis match thing of like it's just based on their theory that Bruno might show up that night. Mm-hmm. They, they have no concrete proof that he's going to go that night to the carnival, right? Right. I just like the idea that she pays the the cab driver ten dollars to stay and just and puts the pants in there to make sure he has pants in there. <laughs> Because he has his blazer, yeah, but he has his tennis shorts, his white little tiny tennis yeah. shorts. You can't possibly show up at a carnival well, you, you in shorts on a train and shorts. <laughs> it simply isn't decent. done. Uh, Carl on the dog again, so it's not a security dog; it's a companion dog <laughs> <laughs> for Bruno. For Bruno. Bruno. Um, yeah, I think here <laughs> when. Bruno makes uh, Ruth Roman cry. You said, punch him in the dick. Don't cry. <laughs> she got really weepy. There's no crying in murder plots. Right. Don't let him she's bully not, you. She's not going to punch him in the dick. Though. She could have, though. He was walking around while yeah, she was, was sitting this down. This was a code film. Punch in the inner thigh. <laughs> she's way more interesting than Grace Kelly. Another Carlos quote. Uh, How do you feel about Grace Kelly? I'm really... I just don't... She just seems vacant to me. So acting I think she's, choices? Yeah, I think she's very pretty, of course, but she just she just feels flat to me. Just a non-entity in a yeah. scene? Yeah, but maybe I just haven't seen the movie that is supposed I mean, to elevate her. Be? Well, the big ones are Rear Window to Catch a that. Thief and uh, Dial In for Murder. I think I've seen Dial In for Murder. I don't think I've seen To Catch a Thief. What would you pick... Craig is the the preeminent best performance of Grace. I don't, I don't know that she's great either, but uh, High Noon, she's, uh, she's... Is she in Vertigo or is that somebody else? No, that's Kim Novak. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Kim Novak's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Rear Window. I mean, she doesn't really have a lot to do other than be the girlfriend. I guess to catch a thief, they're more equals, I think, in that movie. It's her and Cary Grant and he's a cat. Burglar. Maybe I should see it then. Yeah, it's a fun movie. Uh, is it on your list? Nope. Darn it. This is the last Hitchcock. Really? The last Hitchcock. Are you the- sure? <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. Is that distraction? There actually is another Hitchcock? There is no more Hitchcock. Are you tricking us? I said there were two Hitchcocks. It's Psycho and uh, Strangers. I, I, don't, I don't think you can believe him. No. Nope, I don't believe him right now. Birds is so great. Birds is one of my favorites. Birds? The birds. Birds? <laughs> so you think it's the rope and birds. <laughs> My two favorite Hitchcocks are The Rope and Birds. You know, and The Psycho. I don't know why that's such a thing to make fun of. Like, it's kind of arbitrary, the thes. 
Of course, uh, The Birds is the title. It could be Birds. <laughs> if... Welcome to Pedant Theater. <laughs> but I just don't understand why you're making fun of that when it literally could be either one of it those. It could. It could be. You're right. I birds. mean, I know that you're right that it's The Birds because you would know. <laughs> but I just don't think that it's that crazy. It's not like I was like, uh, say what, Birds? You know, I, I see right Crisscross? Yeah. Crisscross applesauce. <laughs> uh... Carlon Fashion again. Only little boys at summer weddings wear shorts with suit jackets. <laughs> Carla on tennis. This is boring. I said, I think it's supposed to be suspenseful. And then you said, I meant to say this is suspenseful. <laughs> sure, it's not though this is suspenseful. Exactly. <laughs> uh, Carla and Robert Walker. I don't like this actor. I get it. That's the point. He's creepy. All I'm saying is it's effective. <laughs> <laughs> what was the tipping point? But where did that fall in oh, the Oh, I think when he was getting his lighter. Yes. Yeah. I was like, oh. He was, he was <laughs> very mean, good. creep face as he's reaching for a lighter? Yeah. yeah. To a storm grate? That. Spielberg, I guess, art directed the placement of all the garbage in that scene where the, the banana Spielberg? peel is. Spielberg? Yeah, Spielberg. <laughs> <laughs> the very young I know Spielberg. He was young. What? <laughs> Can I help you out, Mr. Hitchcock? <laughs> Who? Uh, Hitchcock. Hitchcock. Art oh, directed. Hitchcock. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I was I was on board with you. I was like, whoa. That's awesome. But yeah, I think Hitchcock started out doing storyboards, right, for He's silent, an, yeah, silent films. He was an artist. So I think – and that to me is why he's great because just the confluence between the visual style and the storytelling of like he's great at both. Which mm-hmm. also brings it to Spielberg. Spielberg does – Also great at both. Storyboards as well. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think Hitchcock was famous for only shooting movies that could be cut one way. So like he didn't like options in the editing room. He knew exactly. He also how... didn't like studios to have options in the editing yes. room. Mm. Uh, there was only one way he wanted the scene to turn out. What's it's... it like to be a man? <laughs> man, you just get to do whatever you want. You get to pick what garbage goes in the scene. Yeah. When Bruno drops the lighter, Carla said, "Oopsie, magoopsie." <laughs> I love all the catchphrases that are coming out of this. It's a good one. That's the big. Lots of T-shirts to make after this episode. One <laughs> of the uh, the Carney talking to the cops uh, later, uh, like that their business had been hurt because of the murder, and he's talking about the tunnel of love. He's like, the smoochers wouldn't go near the place. <laughs> and Carla said, "You're my smoocher." Oh, I was talking to the dog. To the dog. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking to my belly button. <laughs> when the cops come in and shoot the uh, merry-go-round guy, Carla said, what's up with cops and their guns? <laughs> that was the uh, the most bonkers moment of the whole movie. That was the most bonkers moment of any recent movie. This movie is bonkers. Now, was he also not an actor, an actual carny? Because the way he fell... When he was shot, felt was like a the carny. most overly theatrical, <laughs> whoa, and then onto the, the handle. I also love that it's an old rickety wooden yes, handle. That's the it only had lever to be. that operates this thing. Yeah. That old rickety wooden lever makes it like a, a spaceship going really fast. Um, Why didn't they just jump off? I mean, it was clear around them. <laughs> yeah. Where was the not? I mean, it's not the, like there was a bomb on it, like speed. But what yeah. if they break their neck or something? Maybe I don't know. It's got so much momentum, you know. I don't know, Ken. I don't know. They couldn't get off. They just just go with it. But let's just talk for a second about 
than being like, look, it's Guy or whatever. He murdered this person. Yeah. Stop running. And he, Guy attacks the bad guy, right? And they're yeah. on. And then the cop just pull, has his gun and just, sh- but he doesn't even aim. He just like, he could have hit a kid. He just picks it up in the air and shoots. Yeah. That's it's why Barney Fife is not allowed the bullet in his gun. It's so bonkers. And again, just forgotten after that. Yeah, the never mentioned Barney again. Is off to the side. Never mentioned again. One of the the best laughs of the movie, though, is uh, a woman uh, on the sidelines is like, "My little boy," <laughs> who's on the ride. Cut to the kid who's having the time of his he's life, laughing and just having a great time. Carla said, "He's having the time of his life, lady." <laughs> and then then he starts hitting Bruno. It's great. This is the best thing that's ever happened to him. Uh, I thought was gonna more was gonna be made of guys saving the kid. Like, oh, he's a hero. He yeah. saved the kid. Nope. Nope. Didn't even see if the kid survived the, the crash. And why, again, did he just let the kid go? The kid was dangling and probably just would have done a nice little roll <laughs> off into the grass. Uh, when we cut to the carny, the guy who nearly died walking uh, or crawling under the thing, Carla said, now's not the time to be chewing tobacco. Oh, because he was spitting into oh, his That was thing. nervous chewing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, carny's got a carny. <laughs> carny's got a carny. <laughs> Carney's got think, a carney. I think they're called carnival professionals, you guys. Carnival f- professionals got to be carnival professional. How about carnivales? Car- carnivales. <laughs> carnivales. That's fun. That's fun. And so at the end of the movie, spoilers ahead. The oh yeah, let's talk about the miniatures. How did how did he do that? So you had a multi-level miniature shot of the tiny carousel that, and only in the crash sequence when it suddenly they they. Slam on the brakes. That was the yes. Arnie's big plan instead of slowly bringing it down. That's what I said, too. I said the same thing. You don't just slam on the brakes. Again, I'm assuming that carnival operator was not trained on that ride. Right. He was assigned maybe to the goldfish bowls. Yeah. And all he knew was lever back. Right, right. Uh, but that whole sequence was a mixture of live action inserts of the people running away from it, some debris, and then also so the main, the far element would have been just the miniature. Which you'll notice a weird sort of scale thing when that does it, that it doesn't quite match up yeah. in in the power of the scale of the debris flying from it. Interesting. Not that- since, uh, or not until 1941, would you see so much destruction from a carnival ride <laughs> in miniature as the Ferris wheel at the end of that. You're referring to Hitchcock's 1941? Yes, I am. Yes. <laughs> Brilliant. He storyboarded the entire thing. Uh, so... Bruno is uh, fatally injured in the ride. Guy trying to get him to uh, reveal the uh, the cigarette lighter and uh, tell the plan to the cops. And uh, the cops don't believe him. And then he dies and reveals the lighter. And the cops are like, well, like, I guess you were right. What did you search him, though? Like, aren't you going to search yeah. him to see if he... Nah. <laughs> and Carla, that guy's the worst police chief in the whole world. <laughs> yeah, I love his little addendum at the end. He's like, well, I... I think you might want to stay another night. Yeah. I guess we'll, we'll have something to talk about in the morning. Uh. Was it like, you want to go to dinner? <laughs> also, just the fact that all of a sudden he they don't suspect him anymore because some random guy that they weren't investigating at all has his lighter. Yeah. It doesn't – none of that <laughs> also, really tracks. Also, no concern for the potentially – Gravely injured people that were also on no. the ride when it yeah. crashed, including children. Yeah. Including the one that guy saved the one child by yanking him back onto the ride that would eventually do that yeah. catastrophic fail. Okay, guys. Yeah, sure. 
Sure. I'm saying it goes off the list. <laughs> but it was very entertaining. I've never seen a merry-go-round move that fast <laughs> in my life. Uh, Carly, you've that merry-go-round? I would have, yeah. Carly, you want to give this movie a letter grade? I'll give it an A minus. A minus. You liked it. Wow. Yeah. For nice. action-packed sequence on a merry-go-round. <laughs> How about you, Ken? I'd give it a solid A. Nice. I think, mm. I think it was affable. Yeah. I, I thought all of the actors were, were enjoyable throughout. That's good, yeah. To, to balance what is an awful plot mechanic of what the film is actually about with genuine comedy moments. Yeah. Yeah. That still were within character mm-hmm. and how they came out. They were organic to the film. And it just looks, it's a beautiful black and white film. Yeah. I agree. Looks great. Yeah. The cinematographer is the same guy who worked with Hitchcock all the way through Marnie. Uh, he did every movie except Psycho for some reason because I think Hitchcock wanted He a took different... a vacation and well, then he was the like – people for budgetary reasons. Wasn't that one of the big things about Psycho? Yeah, that's right. He wanted more of an indie, yeah, low-budget look to, uh, to Hence Psycho. Hence why it was also black and, and white in the time of every other Everything film being color. color. You missed my joke about him going on vacation for Psycho <laughs> and being regretting it for the rest of his life. <laughs> Because you guys are being so earnest. <laughs> I'm Damn sorry. you for being so earnest. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, I'll I leave love it, it on IMDb. I love it. No, I love Wikipedia. it. This is the stuff that's the good stuff when we have guests who have like actual information. <laughs> <laughs> two, weeks, two weeks in a row now. Two weeks in a row. You and yeah. Tallarico both added a lot. Take that, Acker. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, Acker's coming back. Uh-oh. We have him lined up already. Like a threat. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Acker's coming He's back. Coming He's back determined to have the longest episode with a vengeance. <laughs> uh, well, why don't we do a little khaki theater for this movie? I have an idea. Please, but I don't want to ruin your idea. Let's see. Did you have we, a good one? Let's see if we had the same idea. I think we should be Miriam and the two bow in the in the love tunnel. What were they talking about? <laughs> that made her scream. <laughs> All right. What was your idea? It was exactly that. No, it wasn't. Tell me. It was to be Miriam and her two boyfriends. <laughs> was it really? Yes. Absolutely. But not that specific of being in the tunnel of love. Yeah. Yeah. I want to know the conversation they're having. Let's do it. All right. As the crazy guys behind them. guys this is really awkward (laughs) i'm having a great time am i holding your arm too tightly you're holding it really tight this is i I didn't expect to be coming on this ted you're having a great time come on come on ted yeah i guess i mean i i I just found out that it's my baby (laughs) well that's cool. Congratulations, man. You but know? that doesn't ruin anything between us, no, PJ. No, we still got our thing. We still got our thing. Yeah, and, and you're going to still stay. Thing. You're going to still keep ma- get being married to Guy, right? Uh, while having Ted's baby and <laughs> hanging out with Peach, smooching with you, smooching with Peach. I mean, I'm in between houses now. Are we all moving in? Is this is this a thing that we're doing? I think it would be fine. I mean, let's get I- let's get some more smooching in. Okay. Mm. Mm. Miriam, if you could just move out of the way. <laughs> you know what? I have to be honest. I can't see a damn thing. Was I just k- kissing PJ or was I just kissing Ted? That was me kissing Ted. You weren't kissing oh. anyone. You were kissing the boat. You were I kissing, was kissing the, boat. the boat. Oh my God. Who's that? Oh, he's beautiful. <laughs> he is beautiful. That let's man get him, behind us. Let's get him in our boat. That's, he, that's the he, guy from the test your weight game. He won't stop looking the strength, at me. The test your strength game. Are you trying to guess my weight? Uh, 110. Yeah. I mean, that's a four-way split on the rent, guys. I think we should really think about this. <laughs> 
Well, I just want to say. <laughs> what was that? Indigestion. <laughs> Too much cotton candy, Mir. Sorry, I'm pregnant. <laughs> so this corn dog's all for me then. <laughs> no, that's me. Same. <laughs> Yay. Wow. Clap, 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 clap. Ken, was that your improv debut? It was. You were awesome. You were really good. I had Hal Lublin in the back of my head going, don't you shut this down. (laughs) Uh, You were yes-anding the shit out of it. Don't you know, but. That was great. Don't you know, but. Don't you know, but. Uh, Ken, what a pleasure to have you on. It's Thank you so, so cool. much. I'm glad this could happen. I appreciate the invitation. It's so awesome. I And it's so g- nice to have a face to the voice. Yes. <laughs> uh, what's going on for you? What, what do you got to promote? Uh, well, there's a bit of a chat, which is the, the podcast that's ongoing, which is uh, ridiculously long-form conversations with people who probably gave up about halfway through them. <laughs> uh, and then uh, the Art of the Venture Brothers book, uh, Go Team Venture is coming out from Dark Horse at some point before the end of the year. So that's a big comprehensive book written with the creators of the show. Nice. Uh, uh, Let's see. I think there's some podcasts that I can't discuss yet. But, oh, you can can just go on uh, patreon.com slash Ken Plume if they want to follow all that stuff that's going on. That's great. Awesome. And a site called Fred? Uh, Called Fred is where a lot of that stuff uh, .com because uh, I couldn't find any other urls that were available so i thought i'd just call the site fred and fred.com was taken by some jewelry company in france i thought screw it i'll call the site called fred and it made it awkward ever since that's wonderful a site called fred.com that's great that's hilarious awesome what are you two doing Good question. Well, I apparently have asthma. I found out this week. <laughs> what? So that's taken some. Carla's yeah. been having some breathing issues and saw a doctor, and they think it's asthma. So that's what I'm doing. I'm currently taking an inhaler, <laughs> trying to deal with the awkwardness of being in my late 30s and being good. Yeah, didn't mean to make it weird, <laughs> but I just you, haven't been doing. doing I just it's haven't just... been doing much career stuff because I can't breathe. I don't know how to yes at that. <laughs> And I was thinking my voice sounds different today, too, but maybe I'm just being paranoid. Hmm. So if you have any asthma tips out there <laughs> and you want to tweet at us, I'm open. All right. Yeah. Where can they tweet you? Well, at uh, Craigslist PCAST mm-hmm. on Twitter uh, or Orange Tuxedo Improv. Oh, yeah. We've got a bunch or of Orange Tux here. Improv. We should do this. Let's let's do this real promo thing for a second, which is uh, first weekend in August, we're in Portland at the Stumptown Improv Festival. Second weekend in August, we're at, in Detroit at the Detroit Improv Festival, along with some of our good friends. Such as Paul F. Tompkins. Such as Paul Tompkins. Mark Evan Jackson. Mark, Mark Evan Jackson. Yeah, good guys. Uh, so there's a bunch of amazing shows to check out there. And then the third weekend, we're in San Francisco at the San Fran Improv Festival. Three consecutive weekends All of these Improv Festival. tickets festivals. are available now? Yep. They're on our uh, website, orangetuxedoimprov.com. <laughs> <laughs> so you can go there for it wasn't the, until the info. Dot com that I was sold on going. <laughs> and workshops too. We're teaching in those cities as well. Yes, we are. Yep. Wait, it's there for a month. This is a lot of stuff yeah. you're packing in. in and out, like forty eight hours in each case. But uh but yeah, we hit the ground running when we get there. Shows Lots and workshops flying. right away. A lot of flying. But we love it. Yep. We love it. Anything else? The that's pretty much it. Are you teasing the next episode? <laughs> oh yeah. What's next? Carla, we're going to stay in uh, old Hollywood for the next film. We're going to be in 1949. Uh, This is a 
uh, movie set in Vienna, post World War II, full of intrigue and mystery. Mm. And Willy Wonka, <laughs> Willy Wonka level back again. Intrigue. Mission Impossible. Uh, it's not Mission Impossible. It stars Joseph Cotton and possibly Orson Welles. Magnificent Ambersons. <laughs> it's not the Magnificent Ambersons. It's directed by Carol Reed. Uh, sounds like a woman, but of course I would not have a woman directed film on my list. Uh, wow. Okay. Uh, bye guys. Directed by a man named Carol Reed and, uh, it's called The Third Man. Cool. The Third Man. Have you seen this movie? Never seen it. It's got a famous theme song played on a zither. I don't know what that is either. <laughs> you tell me about it later. Of course, of course, played on a zither. Zither. This was a hit. That song was a hit uh, on the hit parade. Huge hit. Everybody was listening to that zither back then. So uh, we'll check out The Third Man and uh, Craig's listeners. We'll talk to you next week. The list is an absolute good. The list is life. <laughs>